Welcome to the podcast series for the Journal of Neurophysiology. I'm Bill Yates, the Editor-in-Chief of the Journal, and today we are discussing a recently accepted paper entitled, High Cardiorespiratory Fitness in Early to Late Middle Age Preserves a Cortical Circuitry Associated with the Brain-Heart Integration During Volitional Exercise. This paper was included in April's APS Select, a collection of the very best original research papers published by the American Physiological Society. Before we begin, let's meet our guests. Hi, I'm Sean Stalker, Professor of Medicine at the University of Pittsburgh and Associate Editor of the Journal of Neurophysiology. Hi, I'm Caitlin Wood. I'm currently doing a postdoc at UBCO, but this research was completed during my PhD at Western University. My research focuses on the effect of exercise on both brain structure and function. Caitlin, your study is the first exploration of the relationship between cardiorespiratory fitness and forebrain circuitry associated with cardiovascular control. For those who are not aware, could you provide a brief review of the brain areas that are activated in humans during exercise? Absolutely. So recent research suggests that there are this network of cortical regions that are associated with the autonomic nervous system and cardiovascular control in humans. These regions can include the bilateral insular cortex, the anterior cingulate cortex, the posterior cingulate cortex, the medial prefrontal cortex, and the hippocampus. And importantly, the insula, the medial prefrontal, and the hippocampus have shown to be of particular relevance to heart rate control. Your study actually has two parts, considering how heart rate responses and how brain activation during exercise change during aging. Please explain why you pursued these two research questions. Sure. So the ability to rapidly change heart rate represents a critical reactive response to physiological stress in our everyday lives, facilitating or sustaining blood pressure and ultimately organ perfusion. But as we get older, the magnitude of the heart rate and cardiac output responses to the onset of exercise are actually blunted or impaired. We don't know exactly why this happens, but we suggest that perhaps changes in autonomic cortical control may be a contributor. Also, as we get older, this reduces the chronic parasympathetic restraint of heart rate, suggesting that this effect may be a determinant of impaired cardiac acceleration or tachycardia that happens with exercise. We don't yet know how this affects the neural response patterns to exercise in a middle to older aged population. But we do know that aging is often associated with declines in cognitive performance and also cortical atrophy specifically in those regions that I mentioned previously, are known to be involved in heart rate control, including the insula, the hippocampus, and the medial prefrontal cortex. So we think that a diminished association between cardiac and neural responses may be expected in this population of middle to older aged adults when precipitous declines in both the brain structure and function have only just begun. Hi, Caitlin. I would like to compliment the ability of your group to combine cutting-edge brain imaging techniques with measurements of autonomic and cardiovascular function. I think combination of these approaches will identify novel brain regions and unravel differences across populations. In this regard, the first finding of your study was that fitness does not predict the changes in heart rate during exercise. Was this surprising? Yes, we were actually very surprised that cardiorespiratory fitness was not a stronger predictor of the heart rate response to exercise in this population. And the relationship, even though we reported that it was slightly significant, it was very weak, with fitness only explaining 9% of the variance in heart rate, and that was before we had normalized to age. 
So we concluded that in this population, perhaps the bold neural signal may actually represent a better indicator of cardiac arousal than the heart rate response itself. The second finding is that brain activation is similar in older versus young adults. Was this finding surprising? Our second finding was that for this specific population of recreationally active, high-fit, middle-to-older-aged adults, the brain activation patterns were similar to those we have previously published in young subjects. And this was, in fact, in line with our hypothesis that maintaining fitness across the lifespan preserves the neurocircuitry associated with the onset of exercise. Yet it seems to contradict our first observation that the lack of relationship seen with the heart rate response itself. We're not entirely sure what to make of this, but it may be due to challenges associated with the focus on middle to older aged adults, which represents a period in our lives of transition in many physiological systems, including declines in fitness and in brain mass. And when we combine our current results with another recent study from our lab, the results indicate that a reserve of cortical thickness is actually developed through higher levels of fitness in aging adults which may suggest that this cortical reserve can enhance cortical functional patterns that we're seeing here. How do you think your study alters our understanding of cardiorespiratory control during exercise? I think our study highlights the importance of maintaining fitness throughout your life. I think our results add to the current literature about the numerous benefits of exercise for the brain in terms of both brain structure and currently cognitive function. And now we can actually add autonomic function to that list as well. Caitlin, what are the next steps in this line of research? I think one of the next steps would be a longitudinal, a prospective training study in this specific age group to see whether elevations in cardiovagal function and cardiorespiratory fitness are actually linked with improvements in the neurocircuitry related to the cardiovascular arousal. Also, I think that bold imaging in older adults on its own is a delicate and maybe debatable method of analysis due to possible vascular and blood flow changes in the brain that happen with aging. So asking a long-term fitness question with perhaps a different imaging modality or even a combined imaging protocol with a more structure-based approach may be worthwhile. I'd like to thank our guests for participating in today's discussion of the article, High Cardiorespiratory Fitness in Early to Late Middle Age Preserves the Cortical Circuitry Associated with Brain-Heart Integration During Volitional Exercise part of the podcast series for the Journal of Neurophysiology.